It's Wednesday, and that means it's time for the prospect team of the week who showed up and showed out in the minor leagues. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today, we are talking about the prospects that had themselves a week last week in the minor leagues. As we like to do, let's start with the pitching. And the guy that I want to make sure that we, we get started off with, part of it's just because, you know, I love lefties. But we're going to start off with left-hand pitcher Carson Wisenhunt of the San Francisco Giants. So 2022 second rounder out of East Carolina. And if you remember our everydayers who we talked about him quite a few times last year because he was that fella that was a promising first round pick, was in contention to be one of the uh, the first pitchers taken last year. And then he got suspended for his final season of college for performance enhancing substances. Didn't get to pitch until Cape Cod. Uh, got a little bit of stuff there. Still was taken in the second round. I believe he went under slot because of that. And then made three short starts in the fall league. Well, he is he is pitching now. He is a starter. He actually got two games last week. Uh, one of them was his fourth and final start in low A on April 25th uh, versus Fresno. And then he got another start in high A versus Vancouver. In these two starts combined, Carson Wisenhunt throws eight total innings, two hits, no runs at all, no walks to 13 strikeouts. So he throws four innings in the first outing and low A strikes out seven out of the 13 batters he faces. Then he goes to high A, strikes out six of the 13 batters he faces, gives up one hit in each outing. Again, no walks. He got a uh, he got seven ground outs combined in the outings. And so the thing here with Carson Wisenhunt was a lot of questions about necessarily what he would be because he was so far removed from co- college competition. And the big thing, his stuff looks like it's pretty much back to what it was in his final year of college uh, after the long layoff. So he's got a fastball and a curveball. Uh, fastball, I'd call it above average. A lot of places have it average. Sits in the low 90s. He can touch 95 with it. Uh, he had the the curveball. I have it again. I have it above average. A lot of places have it average as well. Sits in the high 70s. It's got a lot of two plane break to it. So fastball that you kind of throw up in the zone. Two plane break on a curveball, which for a lefty that's breaking down an end to a right handed batter. But all of this is just to kind of set up the changeup. It's a fantastic changeup. When he was in the Cape Cod League over the summer, he got about 35% swing and miss. And in the low minors, it's been over 50% on this changeup. It's an absolutely savage pitch. So it sits in the low 80s, and it has a ton of late drop to it. So out of the hand, you've got... 
three pitches as far as a fastball, uh, a curveball, and a changeup. And if you're a right-handed hitter, it could either stay up and come up in the zone, it could drop down below the zone, or it could come in on your feet. And it looks the exact same, you know, a third of the way to the plate. So, great three-pitch mix. They were all working for him. The control's been pretty good. And for the season, he's sitting at about 70% uh, strikes. But in these two outings, Fresno in low A was 70%. Vancouver was 80%. Uh, 45 pitches, 36 were strikes. And so that's where he's the most efficient is when he can just pound the zone like that. Very impressed with what Carson Wisenhunt's done uh, in those two starts. And I feel like he's finally kind of got his feet underneath them and he's getting back into regular form. Left-handed pitcher uh, for like a runner-up. Looked at Matthew Liebertor of the Cardinals. Talked about him a lot on yesterday's show with JD. The everydayers heard that one. Started a game, six innings, three hits, no runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Just wanted to recognize Wisenhunt for doing it twice at two different levels. For the right-handed pitchers, uh, Nick Frosso of the Dodgers, to me, was the big one. So 2024th rounder out of La Loya by Toronto, had Tommy John in 2020, and then was traded for pitcher Mitch White to the Dodgers in August. And so what he did last week, he started two games, uh, 1-0 record, nine innings pitched, Combined between the two, uh, four hits, one total run, two walks to 12 strikeouts. And when you kind of break down, so both of these starts are against Double uh, A Arkansas. In the first start, five innings. That's where he gives he, he gives up three hits, one run, eight strikeouts. Uh, turns around the end of the week on Sunday, four more innings against Arkansas, no hits. I'm sorry, one hit. No run, two walks, four strikeouts. They saw his stuff a little bit better as far as knowing what was and was not going to be a strike, but they weren't necessarily able to get, uh, actually get the the bat on the ball and get it to land. He uh, he only induced one ground ball, got a couple fly ball outs in there, but just something where they did not, uh, seeing them the second time in a week, they did not have any more success than they had the first time. They didn't strike out as much, but they also didn't put as many uh, balls through the defense and didn't score any runs. So when you look at what he actually does, uh, it's absurd. He's got a fastball, so right-handed pitcher, but he has a fastball that he loves to throw into lefties, which is not something you see a lot. Uh, It's probably a 70-grade pitch. It might be the best fastball in this system. It sits in the high 90s. He can touch 99. And part of the thing with this is he gets a ton of extension. I want to say, if I had that right, I want to say it was, I've seen six and a half to seven feet of extension on the pitch. So it plays up even more than what it's already coming in where it can touch 99 or 100. Uh, He's very good at throwing it for strikes as well to both lefties and righties. He's not worried about that. He's got two sliders. And I say that, I think the Dodgers are in the process of teaching him that sweeper, but he does have an upper 80s, kind of a conventional slider, so it's got you know a little bit of, of break to the glove side as well as the drop with it. I really like it when he throws it down and away to righty. It's a really good pitch there. Uh, he's got an above average changeup. He keeps it low in the zone. If you add that sweeper in there, it's going to give you something with the changeup having some arm side run 
it's going to give you some options as far as uh, the sweeper is going to be a lot of horizontal movement. The conventional slider is going to be a two-plane break. The changeup is going to run the other direction. But again, very good at throwing strikes. Uh, and, and so very comfortable with what Nick Frosso did. Honorable mention here, Brian Wu of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, so pitches for the Arkansas Travelers. Started a game, five innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, he's actually, so he was a uh, 2021 sixth rounder out of Cal Poly. And it's very much kind of a horizontal game that he plays, right? He's got a fastball, sits mid-90s, can touch 97 or so. I think it's plus, but it's got a lot of run to it to the arm side. And then off of that, he's got a sweeper, sits in the mid-80s, that he runs, obviously, it, a lot of horizontal movement to the glove side. So he's working laterally a lot. And then he brings in a high 80s changeup that he can drop vertically. So it's a lot of, he gets your eyes moving in and out of the zone watching for something away, for something in, and then he just drops a changeup onto your bat. Really good pitcher, very promising. I see why he's a top 10 prospect for, uh, for the Mariners, and I'm excited to get to watch more of him. Uh, last year, he only, like, this is his first time in A. He's been in Modesto and Everett last year. So very excited to watch more Brian Wu. In just a second, we're going to get to the infield, including uh, a guy who has returned to the minor leagues from injury, and had a fantastic first week. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rocket Money. Uh, if Do you know how much your subscriptions cost you every single year? Like, most Americans think that they're spending like $80 a month on their subscriptions. And it turns out, the actual total for most people is closer to $200. And if you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. So when you download the Rocket Money app, it gets all the access it needs. It starts scanning and finding your subscriptions. And if you don't want to pay for it anymore, you hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and the average person saves about uh, up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb to try Rocket Money today. Rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. Okay, looking at the infield for our Prospects of the Week team, of these five guys, I have to admit, we struggled a little bit with, uh, with the second baseman. I gave it to Carlos Jorge of the, of the Cincinnati Reds. So he, play, he was playing for uh, low A for the Dayton Tortugas. He, he played five games in the week, all of them at second base. And a lot of times what happens here is you get shortstops who play some second. And you don't get guys who just solidly play second base. But Jorge went uh, 10 for 20 in his five games, a home run, two doubles, uh, eight runs, two RBIs, one walk to three strikeouts, and stole, stole four bases. I was kind of impressed with what he did there. And then uh, at catcher, Dylan Dingler of the Detroit Tigers was the guy I ultimately went with. It was a little bit tough because we saw him last year at A for virtually the entire year. This was technically a rehab assignment, and so he's a little bit old for the level. He's a known quantity. We know what he is. But he still had a good week in the five games 
playing for the Lakeland Flying Tigers, so the A affiliate down in Lakeland, Florida. Beautiful ballpark. Uh, five games, he went 10-19, three home runs, two doubles, six runs, and four RBIs, two walks to three strikeouts, and two for two on stolen bases. Uh, the, the, the third infield member of this is Junior Caminero of the Tampa Bay Rays. We talked about him on Monday's show. We opened Monday's show talking about he's he could be a top 50 prospect or top, even top 25 by the end of the year. But we also discussed he's probably going to eventually have to move off a shortstop. Well, he was in high A with the Bowling Green Hot Rods this week, and he did do some moving off of shortstop. He started three games at short and three games at third. In those six games, 10 to 23, three home runs, a double and a triple, eight runs and nine RBIs, no walks in the whole week. And we talked on Monday about some of the offensive stuff he has to work out. Five strikeouts, no stolen bases. So kind of interesting there as far as like, yeah, he didn't walk or or steal at all, but he just had a really good week playing shortstop and third base. The two guys that I want to kind of focus on for a second. uh, The first one is third baseman Jeremiah Jackson of the Los Angeles Angels. So he was playing with double-A Rocket City. Uh, So that's the Trash Pandas. And and it's something where he has drafted as a shortstop uh, out of high school back in 2018. He was a second rounder. Uh, And last year got 87 games in double-A. Little bit of an aggressive assignment. He only spent about a month and a half in low-A Inland Empire last year. And it was fine, 263, 352, 527, power showed up. But it was an aggressive assignment, which we've talked before about the Angels like to aggressively promote some of their young, some of their top prospects. So they sent him to, for the full season at AA. He missed some time with an oblique injury, but he struggled in AA last year. 215, 308, 404, 14 home runs, 30 extra base hits. 38 walks to 77 strikeouts in 87 games for Jeremiah Jackson and 7 of 11 on stolen bases. And the thing here is he's got fantastic raw power. I'd probably give him a 65 grade or so. A lot of places have him at a 60. I think I saw one place that had him in a 65. I'm going to give him a 65. But he just struggles to get it into games. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool, right? Uh, It's something where he struggles with chasing pitches. And then when he is making contact, especially if it's like a breaking pitch uh, away that he's chasing, the contact is not very optimal contact, right? Like that's, that's one of the issues here you have with Jeremiah Jackson. So ended up having a really good week this week, played five games, and something that the Angels are doing with him to increase his, uh, his ceiling is to, they're moving him around and kind of getting him into that utility mindset. So, uh, again, natural shortstop could stick at shortstop, I think, defensively. They just promoted Zach Neto up. And so, he spends two games at third, a game in left, a game in center, and a game at second. So, he's moving around, showing the above-average arm, the above-average speed, what he can do. But he gets, uh, in those five games, 11-18, a home run and two doubles, six runs, Four RBIs, three walks to three strikeouts, and three or four on stolen bases for Jeremiah Jackson. The ultimate, uh, the ultimate thing here, and we saw a little bit of it when you go back and you watch some of those Rocket City games from last week, is he very much had to shorten up the swing, and he's done that. 
it, it, it was something where he had one of those uh, uphill swings, but not, not a lot of moving parts, just a longer swing. It took a while to get that swing into the zone. And so because of that, he would be late, especially in elevated fastballs. He would, sh- again, struggling with chase and be- the ability to manipulate the barrel to get something down and away, to dr- drop the, the, head, the head of the bat down and get a changeup that dropped below the zone, things like that. So he's improved. Jeremiah Jackson's improved on some of that stuff. We need him to continue to do it. I'd expect, I mean, right now he's having a better season from a batting average standpoint. It's short sample, two weeks, but he's batting 271 right now. I'm, you know, compared to the 215 last year, I'm really hoping that if the power can can come in a little bit more, uh, he had a, a slugging in low A of 527. Caveats of California League, sometimes a lot of teams can hit out there versus 396 right now and 404 last year in Rocket City. But I really do think Jeremiah Jackson can be a piece for the future uh, for the Angels, hopefully by next season. I don't think, I don't quite think he'll be ready this year. Although they are super aggressive with their prospects, so who knows? But I'd like to think it's going to be next year. The other guy, and the one that I that made his return from injury, his triumphant return from injury, and I think is on a short list to make it to the bigs, is Christian Encarnacion Strand of the Reds. Natural third baseman, but he played first base in AAA for the Louisville Bats this week. He's a 2021 fourth rounder out of Oklahoma State, and I think he's like... Ever since I started paying attention to the Cincinnati system, I really think he's the heir apparent to Joey Votto. And the fact they moved him from third base to first base this season tells me they feel the same way. He has a massive arm, so it's a little bit of a waste there. 70 great arm, but uh, fantastic power. The question was, can he improve the hit tool enough? And the defense wasn't great at, at third. The range wasn't either, so it makes sense. But opened up this year with a bang. Got in six games. In that first week that he's back from his back injury, uh, four starts at first, two DH starts, 11 to 24, four home runs, a double, seven runs, nine RBIs, one walk to four strikeouts. And the story here is he's always had a very aggressive approach, um, you know, like 70 power, but it's like, can you hit, can, is your, your power tool is always good as your hit tool? Can you hit enough to get that into games? He had a lot of swing and miss issues out of the zone and a very aggressive approach at the plate, swinging early in the count and getting into bad counts. Uh, one of those guys who had a lot of strikeouts but still had a batting average over 300 last year. So in his 122 games combined between uh, high A and double A, and he was part of that trade from the Twins to the Reds, uh, 304, 368, 587, 32 home runs, 68 extra base hits, again, in 122 games, so you love that, 40 walks to 137 strikeouts in 122 games, so you don't necessarily love that from Christian Encarnacion Strand, but he can go opposite field, he's gotten better at recognizing spin, and I think if he has a hot couple weeks in Louisville, especially with Joey Votto still questionable as to when he's going to come back, you may see them bring him back sooner rather than later to play first base in Cincinnati. I ultimately like him as the long-term first baseman to replace Joey Votto. In just a minute, we're going to get to the outfield. There's uh, a lot of guys who seem to fit that model of great power, questionable hit tool, and they all put it together last week. 
But first, today's episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, So Rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game in Marketplace where fans become owners and you have officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. Uh, you own the fantasy experience, so you use your cards to set your eight-person lineup every week. As you win, you're competing against global opponents. In the game weeks, there's two game weeks per calendar week. You win rewards. You can get uh, rare cards from so rare, golds, red cards, things like that. You can get game tickets to actual MLB games, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences. There's tons of cool prizes. And the best part is all of your, like it's free to play and you own all of your cards the entire process. I've had a ton of fun with it. So go check it out. It's uh, so rare.com slash locked on. So S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Okay. Looking at the outfield on the prospect team of the week, uh, we've got some really interesting, again, a lot of guys where your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. They've had issues and had good weeks. So Denzel Clark of the Oakland A's is one of the first ones here. Had a fantastic week in AA Midland. Uh, Actually made his season debut. And in these four games, 8-16, four home runs, Three doubles, so seven of his eight hits were extra bases. Scored nine runs, collected nine RBIs, three walks to five strikeouts, and one for one on stolen bases. The story for Denzel Clark is 2021 fourth rounder out of Cal State Northridge. Has always been a phenomenal athlete. I mean, 70 speed, easy, uh, very, very good outfield defender, one of the better center... One of the better center field defenders in the minors. Not the best. Pete Crow Armstrong does exist. But probably top five outfield defenders in the minors. But the issue is he's just incredibly raw on offense. Uh, I mean, the, the power is plus because he's physically just absolutely amazing. But the approach at the plate is very, very lacking. Uh, he chases off speed a lot. He doesn't recognize breaking balls that well. It's uh, it, it's kind of been a focusing on, like, I can hit fastballs. I can recognize a fastball. I can hit a fastball really well. And as you move up into minors, you don't always have the ability to do that. So last year, uh, he had 93 combined games between A and high A. 248, 365, 469, 15 home runs, 42 extra base hits. 56 walks to 135 strikeouts, again, in 93 games for Denzel Clark, and 30 of 33 on stolen bases. He needs to work on, obviously, the chase and recognizing breaking balls, but then keeping his hands uh, back behind the ball and keeping his hands in. We talked about, my everydayers will remember when we talked about, like, what's a bat wrap and arm bar and things like that, and people say this is bad. The existence of those things isn't necessarily bad, What's bad is what they do to your hands. Can you keep your hands in close to the body and can you keep them behind the ball? Something that he kind of struggles with. Uh, Again, fantastic athlete, tons of potential. You just have to develop it. So let's see what happens. He's worked on base running. He's worked on pitch recognition and he had a good week in his debut in double A for Midland. Uh, Second guy for our uh, team here is Jonathan Clace 
of the Seattle Mariners. So 2018 IFA uh, is playing for the high A Everett Aqua Sox. Last year in low A Modesto, the Modesto Nuts, got 107 games, 267, 373, 463. So you can see the potential there as far as like, you know, the, the batting average, the on-base, the slash line are all getting towards that 3-4-5 territory. Uh, 13 home runs, 46 extra base hits, 65 walks to 133 strikeouts, again, in 107 games for Jonathan Clace, uh, and 55 of 65 on stolen bases. Kind of tells a story, right? He's incredibly fast. So he, I mean, 70-grade speed. He's got uh, pitch recognition issues. And this is, for him, what it is, is one, recognizing off-speed. He can get fooled by off-speed a lot. Uh, chasing breaking pitches, that's another issue where he's, I mean, in, in essence, he's a fastball hitter. And so you can get him to swing over and off-speed, or he goes for a breaking pitch, and you take it out of the zone, and now he's going to swing and miss, or when he does make contact, it's suboptimal. So working on the approach are kind of what he has to do he just takes like massive G-hacks in the box. And it's something where you have to tone it down and understand a two-strike approach for, you know, something where the first swing is yours. And after that, it's the team's. And you've got to do what the team needs versus swinging for the fences every single time. Um, again, something where very useful can be an everyday center fielder. He just has to get better against better pitching. So that's part of the reason they put him in high Everett this year uh, for the week. Six games, 11 to 28, four home runs, four doubles. So eight of his 11 hits are for extra bases. Nine runs and seven RBIs. Three walks to eight strikeouts. Again, in six games, struck out eight times. And four or five on stolen bases. Kind of a microcosm of the whole thing there. Making better contact, more consistent contact, still striking out. So work to do for Jonathan Clace, but you like the week that he had. Uh, the third guy on our team, Gabriel Rincones of the Philadelphia Phillies, was playing for the uh, the A-ball Clearwater Threshers and absolutely had himself a week. So, in his five games that he played, 8-20, two home runs, two doubles. So, uh, four of his eight hits are for extra bases. Eight runs, six RBIs, four for four, as far as four walks to four strikeouts and five of six on stolen bases. Wrote that weird for some reason. Uh, and, and another guy where offensively he's got great power, but struggles as far as his approach and the overall ceiling of the hit tool. Uh, the secondaries, he doesn't handle secondaries very well. It's a good fastball hitter, but doesn't handle secondaries very well. Part of that may be the approach. He sells out for power a little bit too much. Now, when he gets a ball, he can do a lot with it. He can go, he can hit to all fields. He's got like, like really good batted ball quality as far as average exit velo, 90th percentile exit velo, max exit velo. He crushes balls. The issue is selling out for power and striking out too much. Uh, now, he was a, a third rounder last year out of Florida Atlantic. He played outfield and at Florida Atlantic. But there's thoughts he's going to have to move into the infield to first base. This week, he played twice in the outfield and three times at DH. His speed is well below average. I've seen 30 grades on it. I've seen 40 grades on it. His arm, below average as well. And so he's going to have to improve the quality of the hit tool so that he's viable as a big leaguer. 
because defensively, he's not going to give you much. And if there's a team that does not need bad defensive outfielders, it's the Philadelphia Phillies, who are already kind of focusing on ball go boom. Honorable mention here, Dominic Fletcher of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Was playing for the AAA Reno Aces, got in four games before getting called up to the bigs. Was 9-19 with a home run, a double, and a triple. Five runs, five RBIs, two walks to three strikeouts. Uh, got call, Again, got, got called up this week, and I believe he got a hit in his first game over the weekend that he got a chance to play. So congratulations to, uh, to Dominic Fletcher for that. Uh, fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedInMovieProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions into Locked in the Movie Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description. Links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.